1: Hi, everyone. I'm Joe Dolan, and welcome to the 2021 FantasyPoints.com powwow series. These little conversations, I guess they're big conversations, are intended as. Just a full-scale breakdown, mostly from a fantasy perspective, but also from a general NFL perspective of every team in the National Football League for the upcoming 2021 season. And these conversations with Adam Kaplan and Greg Cosell are generally uh, informal conversations, and we used to actually do these in person, and we're meeting virtually now because we're all over the country our staff and we just want to still have this conversation and we decided with the uh, starting with last year in 2020 why don't we let everybody else in on the secret so we're going to have these conversations in video form up on the website we're going to have them in audio form here on the podcast and I just hope everybody enjoys just remember these are supposed to be some informal conversations where we break down each and every team in the NFL and we're doing them by division. So this is the first one that we did. I don't think I'm going to do this kind of long intro for everything coming up, but without further ado, this is the breakdown of the NFC East division with John Hansen, Adam Kaplan, Greg Cosell, uh, Graham Barfield, and myself at fantasypoints.com. I hope you guys learned something. I hope you're entertained and I hope you check out the other episodes.
2: We are doing the NFC East and the NFC North today. So let's let's kick it off with, uh, well, the Dallas Cowboys and uh, some continuity here, guys. McCarthy back, obviously. Kellen Moore back, at least offensively. We are moving over to Dan Quinn, 3-4. Uh, Greg, I will start with you, actually. There, there's not much really to get to. Um, pretty much all the starters back on the O-line. Dak, you know, clean bill of health. Here in May, which is certainly you know at this point a good sign, a great sign. We know the three wideouts, uh, but how about Sami Fahoku out of Stanford? Uh, I watched his tape a little bit. He kind of reminded uh, me a little bit of Adam Thielen. I know he's a little uh a little raw, and Fahoku
0: reminded you of Adam Thielen
2: a little bit. I saw a little Adam Thielen, and I know he ran well, but I I kind of viewed him as a little bit more of a a larger, more of a reminded- type of
0: receiver. Kind of reminded me of Chase Claypool.
2: Okay, hmm. all right, wow. but um, he, your thoughts man, on that kid?
0: Your he, he's a big on man Fahoko. who can run. Um, now I didn't l- love Chase, Chase Claypool coming out, and he obviously did better than I thought he would. Um, but Fahoko is big. He's fast. He can get vertical. Um, Thielen is not big. Fahoko is big. Um, yeah. So, again, they have three starting wideouts. I don't know what it means for him. They also brought Cedric Wilson back, and he got meaningful snaps a year ago. So, you know, barring an unbelievable offseason and training camp, I don't think Fajoco really is a huge factor in what they're going to do, John.
2: Right. I know. But for those in keeper dynasty leagues, I think it's possible that he emerges as the the fourth receiver, if you will. That was Cedric Wilson, as you mentioned, Noah Brown and all that. Um, How important, Greg, I'll stick with you. How important do you think it is for them to reestablish Zeke Elliott? I mean, we know he's great. We know the offense has gone through him. But I would argue that, you know, the offense that we saw in September with Dak Prescott, not really the offense that they want. They don't want to throw it 50 darn times. So,
0: I mean, I guess we don't know that because as McCarthy's career in Green Bay evolved, he went from running the ball, because if you think back to when he was there early in his career in Green Bay, they ran the ball quite a bit. Um, but as he advanced, they threw a lot. So I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, obviously, Elliott's going to be a factor. I don't know if anybody else has any other thoughts, but I don't know if right now with this quarterback, who's pretty good, uh, assuming he's healthy, and these weapons I don't know if this is a 340 carry uh, season for, for Elliott, given what McCarthy might think and certainly what Kellen Moore might think. So uh, I, there could be a little bit of a transition, John. I don't know what you have for Ellie in terms of projection, but my sense is they're transitioning a bit to to throwing the football.
2: Well, that would certainly make sense. Adam, I'll go back to you. I mean, no doubt when you use number one, well, you trade away a number one pick for Amari Cooper, you use that number one pick on on CD Lamb. I've got Zeke here with kind of to your point, Greg, and keep in mind we have an extra game, 280 carries. So I'm not going 315, you know, no. like I used to. Adam, how important do you think it is for this is a big year for Zeke, obviously. I guess they're all big at this point, but you know, in terms of the overall health of this offense, how important do you think it is for Zeke to you know, quickly reestablish himself because that was never really done last year.
3: Yeah. And I I think they'll, they'll go back to him more, obviously. I mean, you're not going to ask Dak Dak Prescott was averaging over 40 attempts per game. That that's just not going to happen because they're, they're going to a more traditional defense of 43 front with Dan Quinn. Greg could get into what, what he thinks it'll look like, but we know it's going to be the Seattle defense, his version of it, but getting back to the offense. I think, I, I do think it still, will start with Elliott. I, I, but as Greg said, and I would agree, I don't think the volume of carries will be there like it had been before. Because when you when you go with the receivers that they have, Cooper is one of the highest paid receivers in the NFL and he also is coming off a good year. Galb could run, he's their D threat. Lamb is a first round pick. So those guys have to play. So they're no longer gonna be a team that's gonna line up in 12 personnel all the time. I think that they'll they'll have the ability actually to become more of an eleven personnel team. That that's something we don't know yet. But I would I would think because of those three receivers, John um, that they'll start going with, with the their philosophy is going to change a little but I, I I do see that change.
2: And Greg, we'll we, go back to you. I mean, we, we certainly, it's, it's worthwhile kind of revisiting Blake Jarwin, who does have pretty good chemistry with Dak Prescott, pretty athletic, might be a vertical straight lineish kind of a guy, man, but, um, some juice there, Greg and, Certainly, defensive coordinators are not going to be, you know, all that bothered about Blake Jarwin. I think he'll get some nice one-on-one opportunities down that seam to make some big plays.
0: Yeah, assuming he's healthy, and uh, and even Dalton Schultz, when when Jarwin got hurt, came in and, and did okay. So they've got a lot of weapons. Uh, you know, Jarwin. My guess is, he, and I don't think you probably haven't projected this way, Johnny. He won't be a volume target, but he could be a factor. At, as far as touchdowns, and I know for fantasy, obviously that's very important. Yeah, but, yeah, the red zone guy. Yeah, it could be, um, but it'll be very interesting. I, I'm I'm fascinated. This is an offense that's going to be fascinating because I think Prescott, before he got hurt, I, I thought Dak Prescott was. Had, he's improved every single year, and he's he's become a really good player. And assuming he's healthy, you know, he's a good quarterback, and they've got a lot on the perimeter. and And I agree with Adam. I mean, you know, you're dealing with Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb. Those guys are going to be on the field. I mean, they did not expect C.D. Lamb to be there two years ago in the draft. And when he was there, they just gobbled him up. So he's going to play. He's he's going to play meaningful snaps. So this is going to be, in my view, uh, percentage-wise. I mean, I can't give you an exact number. It won't be 90%. But I think this is going to be a 70-plus percent 11 personnel offense.
2: What, what real quick have you noticed from Dak in terms of the improvement? Is he a little bit more fluid in his movement? Is he processing things a little bit better? Is he seeing things? Is he more decisive? What is it that you see about Dak Prescott in terms of his game being elevated uh, as we move along?
0: Definitely the two things you said, he sees it and he's more decisive. And I think that's a function too, of comfort within the offense with Kellen Moore staying, um, You know, Every once in a while, Dak will miss one that with just his ball location is not as precise as it needs to be on some routine throws, some layups, as my buddy Kurt Warner would say. But for the most part, Dak is a very comfortable player. He understands this offense. He understands where to go with the ball. Um, As Adam said, they've got pretty defined roles. I mean, Gallup is the X. He's the boundary player. They use him more as the vertical threat. Cooper is the movement guy. He's the Z. And Lamb is the slot guy. That's pretty much what they do. And uh, and Prescott's very, very comfortable with that.
2: Graham, the uh, Cowboys ran off uh, even without Dak for most of the year, like over 1,100 plays. Uh, what are your thoughts and when we look at that for fantasy in terms of their their play calling and their pace, the number of plays that they run off?
4: Yeah, like Adam said earlier, um, you know, I don't think Dallas is going to come back and, and ask Tack to throw the ball 40, 45 times a game, especially coming off, you know, the the brutal injury he had. But, yeah, we for fantasy, we have to make note of their – I mean, just how, how much this offense changed last year. I mean, we only got four full games, four and a half if you include the Giants game where he got hurt. But, I mean, this team ran plays at the fastest pace literally in NFL history. I mean, they ran – a play every 20 seconds of, uh, of game clock. And that was like four seconds faster than the next closest team. Uh, they were the most pass heavy team in the league when the game was within eight points. So when, when the game was close, they're asking Dak to throw a ton. And I, I think this is just a different offense. I don't think Zeke is going to get the ball, you know, 300 plus times like we've seen in the past. Um, I do think that they'll dial it back a little bit with Dak, but for fantasy, I, I think Cooper Uh, Gallup especially and Lamb are all undervalued in drafts right now I've been doing a bunch of of best ball drafts to kind of get like a you know a a firm a firm feel for the landscape and I think all three are, are undervalued based on just the volume that these all these guys could have. Um, I, I love this offense once again. I think I thought Cowboys receivers were undervalued last year, and I feel the same way this year, especially with Dak looking like he's got a clean bill of health going into week one. A couple
3: things I just want to add. Uh, one of the reasons why they're high-volume high volume pass team is because they, they defensively they were so bad Yeah. For, for well over half the season. They started to play better at some point in the second half. There were some weeks teams were telling me they, were, they thought Dallas' tape was non-competitive defensively. The yeah. mental errors were so bad and embarrassing. Yeah, um, it was to the point where, you're like, you you don't want people want to point the finger at Mike Nolan, which is obviously which is easy to do, but the the errors were so embarrassingly bad. And they remember they cut um, Don Terry Poe. They they were just they were so bad. And now you you add Parsons in there and Kelvin Joseph. The hope is they'll be more competitive. They'll be more competitive because the talent level is better, but. I don't know if there'd be a great defense because I just don't, uh, particularly up front on the front four, they, they've got some questions. Yeah, they don't. Also, have, they Adam, don't it's have a new a it's rush. a new
2: coordinator too, and, mm-hmm. and Dan Quinn, so there might yeah. be a little bit of transition there as well. Joe, let me go to you real quick. Um, the three receivers that we've talked about here, the top three wideouts, each had a hundred plus targets last year. I was kind of in on the the cheapest option, which was I believe actually C D Lamb, Lamb, but it was could Lamb. be wrong there. I thought it was Ceedee Lamb, but. This year, I think I'm in on, again, the cheapest option, which would be actually Gallup. I know he's volatile, boom or bust, but damn good player. Um, Who do you like out of the three?
1: Well, I mean, um, I've always had kind of a blind spot to Amari Cooper, so I've been drafting him a little bit more. Um, if I were to say like if I just want consistency, it's probably going to be Lamb. But um Gallup, John, the separation last year the three of those guys, I guess Cooper was a little bit separated from Gallup and Lamb, but Gallup and Lamb were going neck and neck, and now Gallup is like four or five rounds cheaper than CD Lamb. And that 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 raises a question, like and maybe I'll, I'll pose this to Greg a little bit. If we were to look at Michael Gallup, let's, let's, let's just say you, you take Michael Gallup and you, you plop him on a hot air balloon and you drop him in uh and you drop him in Jacksonville. How would we view Michael Gallup? Like what kind of player is he? Uh,
0: well, I liked Gallup when he came out of college. I mean, you know, obviously for fantasy, a receiver's targets and, and, volume or dependent on how much they throw it and how you know that's and and the cowboys threw it a lot and they threw it reasonably well i mean obviously when prescott went out it changed but but the year before gallup was good last year he was good you know with prescott it, it, i think gallup is a solid player they, they clearly have made the decision which is interesting because a lot of people might have thought it would be different but they clearly have made the decision that he's their boundary x not cooper so you know the boundary X is a receiver that gets a lot of one on one matchups, and they obviously feel Gallup is that guy that can win one on one. He's he's a vertical receiver. He, he and 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 Prescott throws the ball vertically to him, so Gallup is a really good player. It, John, I guess for you, I don't know how you have this mapped out. I mean, um, Adam made the point that they don't want to throw forty plus times by choice. Um, I think we're close to that. I think they're going to be a passing football team. You know, okay. 40 is a big number, obviously, so I'm not going to sit yeah. here and say that's going to happen every week. But I think they're going to be a passing football team.
2: Well, let's take a look. I've got –
0: 33 Dak. to 35 is my my, my yeah. total for Dak per week.
2: I have him throwing 590 balls, which is a pretty big number, and projecting him to play 16 and a half games uh, that – that's, I'm guessing that's going to be like a 37 a game. Let's see here, 590 divided by 16 and a half, 36, 36 times a game, which yeah might be uh, a that, little bit higher sur-
0: end. That would not surprise me at all. Yeah.
2: Now, real quick before we move on, Greg, I was, you know, pretty impressed by Amari Cooper last year. Actually, I, I thought, despite the addition of Ceedee Lamb, he to me it felt <clears> like he was like the alpha dog, like kind of the offense kind of went through him a little bit, the passing offense. Um, your thoughts on what you saw to Cooper last year? I was actually very impressed.
0: Yeah, I think you got to be careful, though, because Prescott wasn't there for three quarters of the season. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Cooper's a good player. He's always been a player that, and, and I don't have an answer for this, but he's always been a player where he has three or four great games, and then he has a lot of games where he's not a factor at all. I can't speak to why that's the case. I yeah. never understand that. You know, I, I just don't know why that occurred. It's actually
3: on him, to be honest with you, to answer your question. I could tell you from talking to the coaches over the years. It's, they think it's on him? Yeah, it, it's been his commitment, and he gets, you know, he gets into these ruts. Now, he didn't last year, which is a good right. sign.
2: Not as right. much. He had three stinkers, but he was also dealing with Andy Dalton.
3: Yeah. Right. And you don't you, you it's hard to evaluate their situation because their line was bad was desperate. Yeah. By the way, That's what I'm just, saying,
0: John. It's hard yeah. to evaluate. Yeah. But uh but Cooper always has three or four games too that are phenomenal. And then that that gives him numbers, you know. Well, early
2: on though, and I know again they were throwing it 50 times a game, but man, the targets with Dak 14, 9, yeah, 12, 16. Ooh, boy. Yep. Um defense probably not gonna be that great, as Adam mentioned. Um, pass rush is probably an issue linebacker, you know, Parsons. We'll see what roles Vander Esch and Jalen Smith kind of settle into, I guess. And Kelvin Joseph, Trayvon Diggs was great, but let's move on to, well, let's go to the Giants and Adam and I have talked about this a lot, Adam, at the end of the day, let's go to you. Love the addition of Kenny Galladay. Wasn't a huge fan of Kadarius, Tony, that pick, but look, we're fantasy people, so we're not against it why don't you
0: like Kadarius tony
2: because i wanted i thought they had enough at receiver i was i'm very concerned about the offensive line with daniel jones i feel like he doesn't process real well he's prone to turnovers i want to build i want to reinforce a line in front of him and they i'm not sure three, that they've they done three,
0: that they got three guys who are third you know third round or better picks on the old line
2: i know but adam they're not that great right? yeah
0: they're okay
3: I mean it's they just didn't address it remember they cut Zeitler who signed a big deal with Baltimore which is you would think with the Giants cutting Zeitler maybe he's not the player he once was but the fact that Baltimore thought he was they're paying him a lot of money so they cut a starting guard um they've had I mean Will Hernandez is back we'll, we'll see if Parrott is the right tackle Andrew Thomas was up and down as being kind now Solder I, I we're early here in May so I do wonder if solder will, what they're going to do with solder because he, is, you know, he's back for for this last year. Uh, the interior is uh, not the greatest; it's it's a below average line. So I, I there's some concern there, but they're so loaded receiver. Uh, getting Kyle Rudolph, and he'll be ready for week one. It's just he's not going to do much before September.
2: he he'll, he'll help their blocking actually, right?
3: And you, Ingram, Ingram doesn't have to. Not that Ingram would ever be in line, but he definitely will be catching. He'll be out there as a slot tight end and you get Barkley back, there's there's a ton of offensive talent. It's just, hey, can they protect Jones, and um, can he deliver the ball accurately? And and the, he's, his variances are just – he's just so up and down. But the, And we should mention this. His fifth-year option is due next May. This season yeah. goes a lot Use. into that, whether they pick it up or not. And they picked
2: up an extra number one pick, by the way, right? So if Daniel Jones doesn't get it done this year, they, they could turn that page.
3: Theoretically, Yes.
2: Greg, I think to answer your question, I would have been, I would have felt better if they invested in a number one pick and, and a really nice lineman. I don't even care where, interior, tackle, yeah, Tony you, nice.
0: to, you have to look at what they, how they probably see it. Okay, they drafted Andrew Thomas with, with a number one pick, okay? So he's yeah. going to play tackle. Matt Parrott was a a third round pick. Okay. And he's actually a really talented guy who I'm sure they feel with a full off season, will take a significant step up and likely be the right tackle. Hernandez was a second round pick. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So now you're dealing with, with, and I'm just looking at the depth chart right now. So if it's Lemieux and Gates, and again, that, I guess that remains to be seen. So that's where you'd say, Hey, maybe those guys are not super strong. But the other three guys, they probably feel pretty good about. And, you know, again, you never have enough offensive line, and we know that. But uh, they, they, they wanted a receiver because, as Adam could probably attest, there was a lot of talk at, the, at, at pick 11 before the Eagles moved up ahead of them that right. they were going to take Devonta Smith. So they right. clearly had their eyes on a receiver. They're, they're building weapons here, and, and they've got a lot of weapons. But
2: might it might it be a little bit of a moot point if Daniel Jones doesn't progress, Greg? As you know, I, I've been a Daniel Jones. I mean, I'm something of an apologist. I, I think he's very talented. I'm, I'm rooting for him. Obviously, I'm sure. Uh, well, he works I think this is off. also
0: where we get caught up in. It has to happen right now because Jones had a pretty good rookie season. The yeah. only knock on his rookie season would be that he fumbled a few too many times. Okay, but as far as playing the position of quarterback, he had a good rookie season. Then last year. The, the entire Giants offense was bad. Okay. They, they, people were hurt on the old line. Uh, they lacked weapons and Jones struggled. So, I mean, I know it's easy to say, well, if he doesn't have a good year, and maybe that's the case, none of us can answer that, but I, I think it's really difficult to decide that Daniel Jones is not a good player right now.
2: Look, he's 24, just turned 24, by the way. We're get, getting ready to turn, uh, I guess, Yeah, getting ready to turn 24. Um, So he's still very young. New system
0: last year, second year now in this system. You know, he's obviously a smart guy. Um, Weapons are there. A lot of weapons. They can line up in a lot of different personnel packages. I mean, they've got tight ends. They've got wide receivers. Um, This is going to be an interesting offense conceptually. I I don't know if anybody else has a feel for it, but I'm not sure what they'll hang their hat on here.
2: Yeah, I mean, Adam, because they were looking, apparently, as we <clears throat> mentioned, to get Devontae Smith. And, and Kader is Tony a little bit of a, a different player. So, But clearly, they, they want to surround Daniel Jones with as many weapons as possible. But um, actually, Greg, let me go back to you on Daniel Jones, because might might his issue be somewhat similar to Sam Darnold in that he, he might not be able to just process Very quickly. I mean, he did make some pretty quick
0: decisions his rookie year. Well, I think there was a lack of decisiveness to him. Now, when you see that, that's hard to know whether it's because he's not seeing it or maybe he's just not comfortable. Maybe he didn't have a lot of confidence in who he was throwing to. Only he could answer that. I can't answer why there was at times a lack of decisiveness to his game. And then when you're not decisive as a quarterback, you get stuck in the pocket, obviously, and bad things usually happen. Because even though he's got some mobility, he's not a runaround guy. Um, so he got stuck a lot. And it, like I said, he'd, he'd have to tell you why that is. But, you know, I, I think that that's something they feel with weapons now and another year in Jason Garrett's system that they probably feel that that can be cleaned up.
2: I think, Adam... Uh, back to you. I, I feel like I got tipped off on on what was going to happen when I talked with Jordan Renan maybe third week in August where I said, hey, how's um, Jordan Renan of ESPN? How's how's Daniel Jones doing? I said, well, you know, it's been a little uneven in camp, like not real comfortable. To Greg's point, so I think maybe we'll get tipped off this summer if we're getting great reports. Um, in year two of Jason Garrett's offense with these weapons and with the talent that Daniel, Daniel Jones brings to the table, then I'll feel good, but we're not there yet. Your thoughts there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the good thing is Greg was touching on it. They've got speed. Like you can't, I mean, all sorts of speed with Tony Ross and Slayton, right? Shepard is a very good slot receiver when healthy and that we know that's a problem, but he's very talented. Galday's is a true X that this is what they've needed. They didn't have last season. So the, the excuses are
0: over. He's just got to play better, but he, he is only his third year. Well, let me ask you guys a question. A year ago, how did we talk about Baker Mayfield?
2: Well, I was same we way. Was, I
0: was concerned. My God. yeah, He yeah. was coming
2: off a terrible season. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing, Greg. Yeah.
0: Right. So, I mean, all I'm saying is, and now Mayfield with a, with a good system, you know, and, and Adam knows that system. Well, as I do, you know, had a very nice year and we'll see. I mean, I think, and again, we're talking fantasy. So I, I know it's, it's sometimes different than talking about, you know, football in a, in a strict the real sense. world, yeah. right. Real world football. But all I'm saying is I think that if we're talking football, it's hard for me as someone who sits here and watches tape all the time and talks to coaches to sit here and say, well, Daniel Jones can't play based on what happened last year. Oh
3: yeah. We, we need it. Well, first of all, we need another year. <laughs> He's only played two seasons. You yeah. can't just give up on a guy. But we need <clears throat> to see progress. We, we definitely need to see progress with him.
2: Greg, to your point, though, uh, and to my point about Baker Mayfield, yeah, I, I was very concerned at, at the conclusion of the 2019 season. But then they went out and got Jack Conklin. Then they drafted Wills, and I'm like, oh, okay. And and I think that's where it all started. I, I would attribute Baker Mayfield's year three success to arguably the best offensive line in football. And Well, the,
0: the other thing, too, is – Barkley was not there last year. And my guess is they would like Barkley. I don't think they're going to give him the ball 380 times, but I think they would like Barkley to be a foundation of the offense. Whereas last year, Hey, Wayne Gallman had a really nice season uh, for the giants given who he is and what he was asked to do. But you know, Barkley is a big time player and hopefully he can play a full season. That changes things.
2: No doubt. No doubt. Adam uh, rolls here. Um Kenny Galladay, your your number one outside receiver. Yeah, he'll be the
3: X. I mean the the pass the pass the, the target tree will be Galladay will definitely be number one. After that, theoretically it should be Ingram or or Shepard. This problem with Shepard is he just he has trouble staying healthy. He's had all sorts of injury issues. Um it could be Shepard as the two, it could be Ingram as the two. Those will be your those will be your top three. I don't think Slayton's gonna be much of a factor anymore. just the way it is.
2: Greg, your thoughts on Obviously, you know, Jason Garrett, you've studied Kaderi's Tony, your thoughts on, you know, how they can utilize him immediately. And as he, let's assume he, he grows in his well, rookie year. I mean, what might he be doing at the end of the year?
0: They drafted Tony in the first round. So he's not going to be just used as, Hey, he lines up here and that's it. Because as Adam said, if Shepard's healthy and Shepard's played outside too. Now was he ideally an outside guy? No. Um, but Tony was draft. Tony's can line up in multiple positions, which he did at Florida, by the way, you can even line him up in the backfield. So assuming he picks things up, he's going to get meaningful snaps and I think you'll see him move around. You'll see him as a motion guy. You'll see him as a jet sweep guy. You'll see him doing a lot of different things. Um, They've got a, a bunch of guys who can line up in different spots. I'm interested, you know, was it Adam who said, Adam, you feel Slayton could not be a factor here? I, I just don't think
3: he's going to be the guy that uh, – the, the reason. just so you understand, the reason why they drafted Tony and they brought John Ross in, and they, they, the big one was obviously Galladay. Slayton just did not take the step with janel Jones that they were expecting. This is the way he was explaining to me, um, I'm going to say, I don't know, last November I was talking to someone with the Giants, and they were – for some reason, jo- Jones and Slayton, you would know better by your tape study, Greg, but I could just tell you the way they felt. I started to get the fit picture that Slayton was not – and I didn't know they were going to do all this. Trust me, I didn't know that.
0: Right, and again, we're not – you know, the one thing we're not is we're not there. We don't have the studies. Right. But, We don't know all that stuff. Right, but yeah. I could tell
3: you Slayton did not step up to the plate. Did he have a decent amount of catches? Yes, but he, he just – for whatever reason, he was not who they thought he would be last season. And they're telling you by all these transactions, it's just remarkable. The Giants of all teams, Galladay, Tony, John Ross and don't, and not that he'll make the team, but Dante Pettis is there. Former second round. Don't Tech. forget
2: Kelvin Benjamin. Benjamin, not yeah. forget Kelvin right, Benjamin.
3: Right, Who's going to play H back and receiver. If he could stay under 250 pounds and Austin Mack, who was a surprise last year.
2: Although I wish I could forget Kelvin Benjamin's existence, honestly, because yeah. he's been um, a little annoying. Greg, real quick on, on Ingram. There's a big year for Ingram uh, final year of his rookie deal I personally felt, I don't know if you recall it, but it was so slow going early on. Like, wow, can we get this guy to the ball? I I did see him come on down the stretch. He got targeted, only one touchdown, but I did see some improvement with Jason Garrett. I kind of wondered if Jason Garrett was just feeling his way out with Everton Ingram first half of the season.
0: I think he was probably feeling his way out with a lot of things. Um, And it's going to be interesting because it's another team with weapons now. I I have no idea, John, how this is going to map out. I mean, they got a lot of guys who can line up in different spots. They have a lot of multi-positional players. Um, I don't think we know who's going to be getting the meaningful snaps right now. Now, I would, you, you don't draft Kadarius Tony in the first round, and not to put the guy on the field. I would
2: argue that you kind of brought in Galladay. I feel like you're going to hang your hat
0: on. Well, Gallaudet. he's playing. No, he's playing yeah. the most snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Galladay's the guy. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was he was signed yeah. to a big deal. He's yeah. he's a. Classic X. He's big. He's physical. He can make contested catches. He can win one on one. He's one of those guys that when he's covered, he's open. So Galladay's the guy. He's the X. Hey, let me ask. Let me follow up, Greg, on that that point you just made. Did you notice in tape study
3: last year? And it's sort of a it's sort of a discussion on Slayton. The way that I understood it, the timing between Jones and his receivers was not great. And I know Shepard missed some time, but is he is he really had it in his two years? Did he ever really have a true X? No. No, no, No. Matt, this you would think this is a this is a big step for them getting a guy. And and what
0: what Jones is going to have to do, which wasn't really a problem as a rookie, but I thought it was a problem last year. And again, that's why only he could tell you is Jones is going to have to get comfortable throwing it to Galladay, even when Galladay appears covered.
2: He's always covered. Uh, He's Mr. Contested Catches guy. But what I like about it is. You know, there's a guy in Galladay who can make plays at all three levels of the defense. You'll take your shots to him. But, you know, Greg, on those third and sixth place, you know, if if Barkley's covered or something, you know, like you just throw him a quick little inbreaker with the physicality and move the sticks, right?
0: Well, you know, you have to feel comfortable with that. I mean, obviously, in Detroit, where Galladay came from, Matthew Stafford's never had a problem turning it loose. You know, Jones is going to have to become that guy.
2: Anybody else have anything on these Giants uh, before we move on? Tough call, tough team, kind of all comes down to the quarterback. A lot of weapons, but we need the quarterback to maximize these weapons. Yeah,
3: and, and I, the one thing I do want to add, Greg made a very good point on Barkley. We seem to forget, and I, and I know he's come back from a torn ACL. If he's anywhere close to what he was before the injury, G- Jason Garrett is an old-school balance team. They're, they're not going to ask him to throw the ball 37 times a game if they could help it. And their defense is pretty competitive. But when they throw it, they're, they're so deep and available pass targets. It's just crazy how many pass targets they have. I mean, between Slayton, Galladay, uh, Shepard, Tony, we'll see what his role is. There And, and you know, obviously and the Ingram.
0: Thing, the other thing, too, is to play off what Adam just said, and, and then we'll move on, is even if they want to bring Barkley back a little slowly, Devontae Booker is a nice second back. So, I mean, we've seen that through his career. That's what he is. So, I mean, they can run the football. I mean, this is not – they're not going to drop back 40 times a game by choice, by any means, no matter how many weapons And Do have. you know that Devontae Booker turns 29 in a couple days? Me too. How about that? Where did that come from?
2: <laughs> Greg, what do you think of um, – well, real quick, your thoughts on the defense last year. I know you thought they were very disciplined. Now you had Aziz Jalari. You got a little uh, – Uh, James Bradbury now with Dory Jackson. Um, Yeah, I I really like this team. I I feel like they're uh, ready to compete. What do you think of the defense? And what do you you think of them? I thought
0: the defense was pretty good, given that they didn't have great, great players. I thought that Patrick Graham did a really good job. Um, You know, obviously, Leonard Williams had his best season. Uh, You know, I think that I mean, I really liked Lari's tape. You know, I think they expect him to be a factor. You know, I don't know how many snaps he plays, but I think they expect him to be a factor. Um, I thought the rookie, Darnay Holmes, was a really nice slot player. Um, you know, Adoree Jackson's been very up and down in his career. They drafted the kid from UCF, Aaron Robinson, in the third round. And Robinson played both outside and slot at UCF. And it would not surprise me if he competes with Adoree Jackson on the outside. Wow. Wow.
2: I guess you didn't get, by the way, back to offense, Gary Brightwell. I guess you didn't get to him? No. Out of Arizona? Okay, yeah. I think it was a seven. But, you know, they of... also
0: signed, and we have no idea what he is because he missed a whole season due to COVID. They signed Armstead, Raquel Armstead, you know, yeah. former Temple kid. I like him. Now, I don't know if he can still play. Who knows what the season off with COVID. I mean, he, he was the one guy that had severe complications. Yeah. So, but, yeah. so I, I couldn't begin to tell you that. But he he's a grinder. He's a sustaining grinder
2: also have Elijah Penny and uh, who was there last year, Rashad's brother and then Corey Clement as well here. Um, well, hey, one
3: thing I do want to add on Dory Jackson, he'll be starting. there, there won't be they own him 27 over two years and the money's fully guaranteed. he ain't going anywhere. So Dory Jackson is Greg's right. I could just tell you from talking to the Titans they were not happy he didn't play last season. Mm-hmm.
0: he's uh, he's been very up and down since yeah he's been and,
3: and i'll tell you what yeah. though it, it actually might be good for fantasy john if, if when you, when teams go play the giants are going to go after jackson because he's just not a consistent player yeah You're paying him 13 million a year which is absurd for a guy coming and, and off
2: of bradbury the traveled quite a bit uh not right. quite a bit oh but yeah definitely did travel
3: so, yeah. so not every week but he did travel right so jackson's the guy teams are going to go after
2: Uh, Graham Barfield, real quick, Saquon Barkley at his ADP. Let's even knock it down one spot. Let's say Saquon Barkley at five, Graham. Are you in or out?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the biggest question we're, you know, we're talking about all these great weapons, talking about Galladay, talking about Tony. Sure, the offensive line is a concern. My biggest concern with this team is can Jason Garrett make all these pieces work? Because like Adam alluded to, man, he is an old school, let's run the football type of coach. Last year, even without Barkley for a full season, the Giants were one of the most run-heavy teams um, in, in situation-neutral game scripts. So that's like within seven, eight points. Uh, I, think, I think we're going to see a big dose of Barkley Um maybe not week one or two, but once he kind of gets his legs back underneath him, I think we're going to see a lot of Barkley. Yeah. Um, I think that top, like after McCaffrey and Cook, I think Henry Barkley and Kamara are really close at like three, four and five, John. Um, and I really don't have like a, a strong opinion on, on where to go. If you're at five, I, I, I think if one of those three are available at five, I think that's completely fine. And, you know, I kind of, for like half PPR leagues, I've been, kind of leaning on Henry a little bit more because uh, Barkley and Kamara should have a slightly higher floor in, in full PPR. But really that, that tier after cook and McCaffrey, I think is really close.
2: Jason Garrett. I just went back and looked, you know, his last five years kind of all over the map in terms of offense, six, one year, then 22nd in points for then 14th then fifth, then 31st, Joe Dolan, Saquon Barkley's on the board, five overall McCaffrey, Cook, Camara, and let's say Henry are are gone. Are you going Barkley or someone
1: else? I'm taking Barkley. Um, that's that that's where I'm going to take him. He can catch the ball. Um, everybody, I think you can nitpick pretty much everybody at the top. Um, maybe with the exception of McCaffrey, but even he's coming off an injury. Um, Dalvin Cook might be the safest, but no, the Barkleys. Barkley's a top five pick for me. Um, I think there's questions about Jonathan Taylor's. Um, uh, role in the passing game uh, with Wentz there, uh, Kelsey at five isn't for me. Um, I think you can make the argument for Devonte Adams if Aaron Rodgers were to say he's playing, but Aaron Rodgers hasn't said he's playing, so uh, that that's uh, that that's why I'm taking Barkley there. But just want, I'm going to change gears here a little bit. Adam, uh, they signed Kyle Rudolph here. Um, I'm in no way enthused by this signing, but do he's you? There to the,
3: block, yeah. But he's yeah, there to block.
1: Is that, that going to affect Ingram at all?
3: No, he's just there to block. That's what he yeah. is. That's, he's he's in a wide tight end, and that's the way that they're going to use him. Um, and to, is Levine Toilolo still there? He, he, yes. All he does is block. He's As a giant. Now. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a he's giant. There. Yeah, yeah. He might not well, even.
0: You know, some of these guys aren't going to make the team because they still have Caden Smith, who did well. I mean, right. they're not going to be carrying five tight ends, right? But
3: mm. Toilolo might have to stay because Rudolph will not be ready until late August, early September. But okay. he he. he Look, the reason why the guy got the big his last contract was because of his ability to block, and that's uh, what he does.
2: Do they do they go a little bit more two tight end sets here, even though they have this embarrassment of riches? Boy, that, I'll
3: tell you, that's a great question, and this is this is Jason Garrett has not been, he's not been put to the test like this before with all this talent. I'm very interested to see if they're more twelve or eleven. It,
4: theoretically, they should be more eleven with the talent yeah. that they
3: have, but right.
4: I, I don't know yet.
3: Well, well John, they also you-
2: brought
4: in Rudolph. You mentioned John that you know Garrett's track record is pretty mixed. Got to keep in mind Tony Romo is probably the most underrated quarterback of all time. They had a, a, an all an all world offensive line when when Garrett was was there. He is not called
3: plays. Just so you know, he has not called yeah. play before the Giants. Remember, he he hand off to Scott Linehan. Yep,
4: and, then, and that's um, what I was just about to say. Linehan yeah. was calling plays. Right, right. Yeah. So he's yeah. So we'll see.
3: Garrett, yeah.
2: his rep Adam is probably what quarterback tutor. Like number Yeah, one. you know,
3: they the, just the last thing on, on Daniel Jones. I, I know talking to some of the Cowboys coaches over the years, though he was far removed from calling plays. He when he when they would see him work with Romo, um, and then Dak, he's really a good teacher of the quarterback position, like really good. These guys said one of the best they would seen, and that obviously as a head coach, people could say what they want about him, but he does teach fundamentals very well, and he's very hard on it. So, year three, let's hope that Jones, um, you know, takes the step that we've been looking for him to make. Because, man, uh, I know we're going to talk probably Philly next. Tell me another NFL team other than maybe Denver that could go with event, with past target groups. I mean, they're, they're legit five, like 5'6 deep. And even well, John Ross, for goodness sake, who could run. For me,
2: and we're, we're going to be talking to people all summer. It, to me, it all comes down to how are we looking in camp? Is, is Daniel Jones sharp? Is he more consistent? Do they perform pretty well in the preseason games? Pass if pro so, too, John pass pro. Yeah. pass pro. Yeah. If so, I will be in on Daniel Jones at his ADP. I will also be in on Jalen hurts even at his ADP, uh, which is kind of high at, at 85. I believe as we move on to the Philadelphia Eagles here on the fantasy points, 2021 off season powwow here. It's a little bit of a preview of all 32 teams, Greg Cosell, Adam Kaplan, Joe Dolan, Graham Barfield. I'm John Hanson. Let's get into Philly, Greg. Uh, yep. Offensively, I know it's a projection, and and obviously we don't know much yet, but your thoughts on how things change under Nick Sirianni and Shane Steicham in terms of the offense. Any, any noticeable change?
0: I don't think we know the answer to that. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I think there's – See, we're at the time of year where everybody talks about things, and I don't think we yeah, know, yeah. because I don't think coaches, they, they watch tape, okay, right now, and but then they got to get on the field with their players, and that's just starting, okay, and and obviously I think we're going to have a pretty normal offseason, but, you know, I mean, it, I find it interesting and maybe Adam knows more, you know, I've been grinding away because I had a project that I had to do at NFL films and now I'm starting to watch tape again. But so I, I, have not been, I haven't talked to anybody in the last number of weeks because I had to get this project done. Um, so, and Adam, you know, talks more to people than I do generally, but I thought it was very intriguing that they came out unless they've changed it since and pretty much said that the quarterback situation is open. Uh, Adam is, is is have any change going on there? I mean, look, they 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 want
3: and expect Hertz to start. What, what Siri Nick Siriani, their head coach, he's super big on accountability and particularly competition, so he doesn't feel the need to name Hertz the starter.
0: Which, but I think that's interesting in and of itself. Yeah,
3: yeah. But so look, the, if, if Hertz doesn't start Week One against um, who the hell are they playing at Atlanta? Then he really had a terrible training camp in preseason. They are fully expecting Hertz. I could just tell you, barring a trade for Deshaun Watson, if if Hertz doesn't start, he'll have to have had a very disappointing training camp and also preseason, which we're going to have.
2: And Adam, I think that, you know, they'll, they'll give him some rope too during the season. I talked with Dave Spadaro about this recently um you're not yanking him in week three if he's struggling i don't think maybe week six or yeah, seven right
3: right they really want to evaluate hurts i mean they really they need to know
0: and well they have to evaluate hurts because joe flacco is not the answer and um you know it's so interesting how this all plays out because jamie newman coming off his junior year at wake forest was being and then he obviously transferred to george and sat out but coming off that junior year at wake forest he was in the conversation as a top 60 pick as a quarterback, and then he sat out and was an undrafted free agent. So I'm not saying he's in the mix, but I'm just saying it's interesting how this stuff plays out. So, no, but you, all you guys are right. Jalen Hurts right now on this present roster is the quarterback. And uh, what I guess, John, what you're asking me is, what is their offense going to look like if he's the quarterback? Uh, it's not mm. going to look like the offense that Sirianni just came from because right. that was Philip Rivers. It's not going to look like that. Right. Um, now, when I say it's not going to look like that, the playbook is going to be the same because when all said and done, all the playbooks, you know, everybody has their playbook. It's just what parts of the playbook you use and you emphasize and you focus on, they'll be focusing on different parts when it comes to Jalen hurts.
2: What one thing that's big is obviously the status of Zach hurts that that'll tell us a lot, you know, I mean, sometimes we could get tipped off in terms of what the offense is going to look like by the moves that teams have made and you know not really seeing a ton here until we see something develop potentially with Zach Ertz. Devontae Smith obviously the Heisman Trophy winner I like the pick Eagle fans like the pick your thoughts on I feel like he's kind of a plug-in number one receiver Greg and do you think that this is a better situation for uh, Jalen Rager who did seem a little miscast as kind of the one relate You know, with Hertz, might Rager be better off, you know, playing second fiddle to Devontae Smith?
0: Well, I'm going to be fascinated to see how they use both Rager and Smith, because I think to me, Smith is not a true X. Now, that doesn't mean he can't line up there, depending on who your opponent is, because if an opponent plays a lot of off coverage, then Smith can line up at X but I don't think he's a true X the way we just spoke about Kenny Galladay being a true X. So to me, Smith is a guy you want off the ball. You want him with movement. You want him with free access. You want him to stride out. The question is, is Rager an X? Could he be? I think more so than Smith, if Rager were to reach his his potential, which I think is pretty good, but I'm curious, you know, how they see the rest of this receiving core, you know, uh, I mean, Fulgham had three, four good games. He's still there. Hightower's still there. Ward has actually done a really nice job as a slot um, later in the season. Uh, Watkins had some some plays. You know, I, I'm not sure how they see. You know, in an ideal world, Smith and Rager are, are the two main guys. Yeah. You know, but you're dealing with a rookie and a second and a second year player. So th- th- I think there. Are, I don't want to say there are questions as if they can't play, but there are some unknowns.
2: Adam might Fulgham be a key then yeah. because he could yeah. be the X.
3: Yeah, he could be. And by the way, they have the, they have the NFL's youngest receiver core, one of only two teams to, to not have a vested veteran, which is almost hard to believe. Yeah. Um, right now, if the season started today, it's – well, you, John, you brought up Ertz because Ertz is still on the team. Mm-hmm. What I do believe, if they're able to move Hertz, or Ertz, if, if he's not on the team in September, my sense is there'll be more 11 than 12 terms of of structure this is going to be an old school west coast offense as i understand it um big timing routes not that accuracy isn't important obviously it's important at quarterback super important to have pinpoint accuracy because a lot of crossers a lot of short air rack run after the catch is a major component i'm told by two people in this offense
0: and that's a function of the quarterback more than wide receivers right and it's got you
3: got to lead that guy and you got to be accurate and this is Mm. i know from uh Early on here, I I had heard it back in February, like this is going to be completely different from uh, structure than Doug Peterson's offense. And this is just going to be a different mindset. So, and, and I like what Steichen said. He talked about Rager in his press conference last week, and he talked about his ability to run after the catch. That is going to be very big with these receivers.
2: Greg, well. We, we all know in the fantasy world that Jalen Hurts is a cheat code, as we say, because when, when a quarterback runs and, and no one ran like he did down the stretch, it's, it's great for fantasy. We know that. But we also need him to be, you know, serviceable and capable throwing the football. He did turn that ball over quite a bit. You know, talk about the pros and the cons of Jalen Hurts, you know, the small sample size, the good, the bad, and in between.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think what you saw is, what probably was expected i think you saw a guy that's capable of making some good throws from the pocket and then you saw a guy that's also capable of not really having a, a clearly defined sense of timing anticipation ball location can be very inconsistent and erratic um you know i think that that's what he was coming out and i think people knew that i mean he was a surprise second round pick so um you know i think you're dealing uh, let's put it this way. I think you want to use his legs as part of your offense. That's what he brings to the table that he's capable of doing that. Now he's obviously not Lamar Jackson. He's a totally different kind of runner, but I think you want to use his legs by design and you probably don't want to stop him from running when he drops back. If he feels that he sees it, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't want to say to Jalen hurts, don't run with the ball. So, you're trying to define the reads and the throws for him, which is tougher when it's third and long, obviously than when it's first and ten or second and four. You want to define the reads and the throws, and then allow him to, to use his his athletic dimension. He's he's got an athletic dimension that you you don't you don't want to stop him from using. Now we haven't talked about the run game at all. Yeah, um, I think they would like the run game to be a factor. Don't forget, Sirianni just came from Indy, where down the stretch, Jonathan Taylor carried the ball 20 times a game. So, you know, I don't know if they see Sanders carrying it 20 times a game, but I think they want to run the football.
2: Yeah. And I'm, again, I talked with Dave Spadaro and, um, he, he feels pretty good recently. He feels pretty good about Miles Sanders in his role. He doesn't believe touches are going to be a problem at all. And, you know, running, uh, behind a quarterback like jalen hurts can open up opportunities and they're talking about miles sanders in the passing game using him more
3: yeah well the, the apparently uh lane johnson spilled the beans apparently the screen game is going to be major you know in recent years with the eagles and part of it is because wentz's unwillingness to check the ball down he just doesn't like mm-hmm. doing it
2: That's they like, were huge in in indy the same game right
3: in 17 it was a part of it but after 17 with the screen game for whatever reason we don't have time to go into the coaching staff and all the issues but um, apparently in this offense, screen game is gonna be big. And I'll tell you what, Carry on Johnson will will give them a, a breather every once in a while on third down. his his deal's pass protection. And then the other thing is Gainwell. Now I, I talked to Ryan Silverfield, his coach at Memphis yesterday. And ju- he just thinks that putting he had a great point. He's like, Can you imagine if they put Gainwell and Sanders on the field at the same time?
0: Which they will.
3: Yeah. And and the and, and line Gainwell at the slot. And Greg, you had broke it down beautifully. Wells tape for the draft guy. And you were talking about how you line them up at X. So what could this think conceptually with all the speed that they have? And I get these guys aren't fully developed, at receiver. Well, here's so what
0: they're going to try to do. Keep in mind who the quarterback is. The quarterback's not fully developed yet as, as a true understander, not only of the offense, because it's a new one, and of defenses in the NFL. So what do you try to do when the quarterback is that guy? What you have to try to do is through the use of personnel, formation and concepts is you try to define it as clearly as possible for him so that he can develop as he's learning. Okay, that's what you're trying to do. You're not going to try to put too much on Jalen Hurt's plate. You're going to try to really define it for him because When you put out certain personnel, when you line up in certain formations based on the opponent you're playing in film study, you're anticipating based on probability and tendency what you're going to get defensively. So that's what you're trying to do. You're not asking Hurts to come to the line of scrimmage and have to start to figure it out. Okay, you want the personnel and the formation to do that for him. That's what you're trying to do with Jalen Hurts. And they've got a lot of ways to do that. And I personally think Gainwell is a big factor in that.
2: Hmm. Back to Devontae Smith, how much of a factor is he? Obviously, played with Hurts in college. He can line up anywhere. I feel like Devontae Smith. Which Rager um, can
0: too, by the way.
2: Yeah, true. True.
0: So they have those kinds of weapons, players that can line up anywhere in your formation, and they all can be movement guys in terms of motion. So that's what they're going to try to do. Greg, isn't it funny, two years ago, you told us on our show on Sirius that
3: you are you're just going by what the tapes told you. That the Eagles were the slowest offense on tape, yeah. right? Now you look at their, t- you look at these guys. Okay, Rayer could fly, explosive.
0: Smith is explosive. Smith, Smith is an explosive player. Right. I don't care what his, you know, he didn't run a forty. Right. I don't care what his forty time is. Right. Stylistically, right. you know, certain guys just you can tell by watching the tape they can move. Smith right. can move. So, so Fulgham,
3: um, he's not a speedster, but he runs well for his size. Yeah, I towered Watkins could fly. You yep. told us that Goddard's a way better athlete than Ertz. They've got some – they've got they've the got ability to speed. move here.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Adam, if Ertz is on the roster, can we still draft Goddard with confidence? Because it does feel to me like they want Goddard to Yeah, I, this is be what I, what I heard
3: – yeah, this is what I heard from a couple of people. That this staff – and I guess they studied him when they were with the Colts in 18 – they are very high on him. They liked him. They liked his tape coming out of college. You're talking about Goddard? Yeah, they, yeah. they like him a lot. So even if Ertz, by surprise, is on the roster this fall, I still think Goddard will, will, will be the guy at tight end. I, now, the the question is, what does that really mean in terms of targets? It's impossible to answer. We need to get through training camp first. I got to see if Ertz is on the team. How much is he going to the field? I don't know. And then the problem with Ertz being on the team is to justify the 8.5 million, you're going to be more 12 personnel. They, I know that they don't want to do that. I'm not saying they're going to be heavy well, 12 like in the past where they, they're basically leading the NFL in it. But you got to justify the guy being on the field. If, he, if they're paying him A5, well, he's got
0: to play. Well, that'll be interesting to see if, if that plays out because that won't be their best use of personnel given what's on the roster. I agree. So it, get it'll Get the be very interesting. wide out. Yeah, and with that speed, I agree. Yep.
2: Well, we'll worry about the defense later. We'll see who starts opposite Darius Slay. We'll see if these old guys can – you know, still some names up here in the front, but um, I just wanted to touch on the offensive line.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, that I want to get to that. Yeah. So it I'll tell you what, um, Lane Johnson's good to go. Brandon Brooks is good to go. Kelsey hasn't felt this good in years, I was told. Samalu is a solid player, uh, their left guard. My will be their left tackle. He's not won the job yet, but he'll win it. Wow. I,
2: so Dillard's your swing tackle?
3: Well, if he's if they don't trade him, yeah. Cause wow. my I could just tell you that. The former coach staff before they got fired, they the light they felt the light went on for Mylada as as the season went along, because remember he'd never played football in his life until 18. He started to get it. And they have not seen anybody like this before. I mean, six foot eight, 360 pounds with feet like he has is uh, and the, by the way, his reach is his arms are really long, where Dillard's arms are very short for left tackle. This this now the chances, John, of this line holding up for 16 games is slim. Based yeah. on three guys in their 30s. But the talent's there. The talent's there.
2: Let's move on to the football team here. Ronnie Rivera. I, and- I
3: have one question, John. Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, I wanted to get to a
1: couple. I know we want to go. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, I want to talk to Greg about, like, how Hurts played um vis-a-vis how you uh evaluated him coming out of college um were you surprised or, or did he play as expected and what did you see from my lotta on tape um like adam said he's a unique player um those are those are the two most interesting guys on this offense for me
0: well Hurts last year to me when he did play did not look quite the same I, you know Ertz,
1: I, I mean hurts hurts jalen oh jalen hurts
0: oh oh, yeah. i'm sorry. Um, yeah. You know, when I watched Jalen Hurts in, in college and he's in, he was in a very defined offense at Oklahoma, all quarterbacks do well there because it's very defined. You know, I, I made that in, in my notes when I did my evaluation. I kind of said, well, what is he? How will teams see him? Will they see him as someone like Lamar Jackson, where you have to structure an offense around the run game as as much more of a foundation? Or will they see him as someone who can develop into a a quarterback that has running ability, like a Dak Prescott uh, down the road. I didn't think he was Dak Prescott coming out. Um, So that's where I stood on Hertz. I think that's kind of what he showed last year in the four games in which he started. I think it was four. Um, And, you know, now we go through an offseason and we'll see. Um, Maelotta clearly improved. He clearly improved as the year went on. Uh, and I thought that was pretty evident. You could see that he, always, he had a few bad snaps every game um, where his technique got away from him, which is not surprising because he's not ingrained in repetitive technique and repetitive mechanics of the position, given that he hasn't grown up playing the position. Um, but I thought he improved and I think he'll end up being a good player. And they've got some depth. I mean, this whole line could be pretty good.
2: Well, certainly, if they keep Dillard, uh, their depth of tackle would be uh, decent. Um, moving on to that football team and looking good, looking real good here. Uh, coming off a seven and nine campaign, Ronnie Rivera's first year. Turner, you had Fitzmagic into the mix. I'll actually, start with Diami Brown, Greg, the rookie. Um, I know you think he could, you know, probably line up in multiple places. Um, a lot of people think he's very fast and all that, but I think you have some concerns in terms of maybe his ability to um, get over the top of NFL corners.
0: I like Diami Brown. I just didn't, you know, he was one of those guys to me that, and even though he's totally different body type, he kind of reminded me of James Washington coming out of Oklahoma State, a guys, guys who were vertical players in college who I wasn't exactly sure if they'd be vertical players in the NFL. Now, I think I'm probably in the minority on Diami Brown in that. Most people say that's what he'll be. Um, And he could well be. I thought I watched his 2019 tape and his 2020 tape, and I thought he improved in 2020. I think he's a good prospect. Now to me, he got drafted exactly where he should have been drafted, which I believe was the third round. Um, and, And, you know, given who else they have on their roster, I'm curious to see if he gets meaningful snaps here because we know McLaurin's getting snaps. We know Curtis Samuel's playing. They like Kelvin Harmon, and Kelvin Harmon's an interesting player, given that you have McLaurin and Samuel. So, uh, I, you know, I'm not sure where Brown fits into this, John, but but yeah. I thought, you know, I think Brown is a good prospect. I just didn't think he was a special prospect. More like a right.
2: rotational guy, not, yeah. not really a guy that's going to get, like, the the dirty – do the dirty work underneath and all that, right?
0: I, I don't think he's quite that guy, but, you know, we'll see how he develops.
3: On Harmon, let's leave the the – knee injury uh to the side here his pre his pre-draft tape um in, in 19 what did you think of him coming out of north carolina state
0: uh, oh I, I i i think that Tarman to me was to be cliched but true it was kind of a classic possession receiver classic big physical tough inside not a burner but every once in a while could get over the top because he could run routes um but fit again my point is he fits with mclaurin and samuel um, because you want that guy um, yeah. because even though Logan Thomas has come on and been a solid tight end, he's not a tight end. And you know, who's going to, uh, well, I don't know, maybe he's going to just keep getting better and better. That's a tough call. Um, but, but Harmon to me fits as the third wide out with this group, because he's, he's a tough physical competitive between the, the numbers kind of guy.
2: And Greg, if it's not Kelvin Harmon, also a really good red zone receiver there at North Carolina state, uh, Maybe Cam Sims, who who did look pretty good. He's a big guy, um, who can run a little bit, and and we're not going to forget about Antonio Gandy Golden. Greg, you know, you they think also this- signed
0: Adam, they also signed Adam Humphreys, who when he's healthy has been a very serviceable slot receiver. So you know, we know McLaurin and Samuel, they're definite, but the third guy I think is is probably a little bit open for discussion.
2: Yeah, and it's certainly the, the all the players that we've obviously mentioned um logan thomas i don't know if you have any other insight we all know he was great i mean came on strong did a lot of work with with alex smith
0: i'm gonna throw a name out of totally out of the blue here but i really liked his tape and i think he's going to be one of those guys who just ends up being a solid nfl receiver okay Mm -hmm. dax mill the seventh round pick from byu i really liked his tape he knows how to run routes he knows how to get open If you watch his tape, I don't think the ball ever hit the ground. Mm. I mean, this guy catches the football. You know, I I think he's going to be one of those guys we're talking about in three years. And when I say talking about, I don't mean he's going to catch 90 balls for 1,400 yards, John. That's not my point. But I think you guys know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Wow. I I think he's a really intriguing player. I tell you
3: what, John, if you talked to us last year about this, I would have really questioned their receiver core. Now you get Har- Harmon a year removed from the knee injury. Curtis Samuel, who, who's a really interesting player, uh, ganny gold now has one year under under his belt. Um, Greg likes this Milne kid. Mm-hmm. Um, some it's hope. Good. There's it's, some it, hope. Yeah, there's there there definitely is. I, I and you know the John Bates kid at tight end is an interesting player. Uh, the, so, the issue though is their offensive line. They've got some real questions at at uh, left tackle. I can tell you that. Well,
2: I'll tell you what, back. Greg. Though they, well, they, they brought in Sam Leno. Cosme. I could tell you he
3: did not play well last season. Talking to I TK. know he didn't play well, yeah, but I mean, man. he's
0: been like a six or seven year starter. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure they hope that with a new coaching staff now and maybe, maybe getting cut and, you know, maybe he'll be rejuvenated. Cause there, he has played well enough in his career, but you're right. Last year, he did not play well.
2: I think, you know, that right side's been uh, good. Although they, they let more Morgan Moses go. I said, maybe that's one of the big yeah, issues.
3: Yeah. Cosme. I'm assuming Cosme will move to the right side because I, in the rookie camp he took spot. He took snaps at left. Um, yeah. It, Morgan Moses that surprised me. I, I am maybe Greg has a better idea because I, you know, it's all like I'm where, up where is Moses now? He hasn't signed with anyone yet. He's on his couch. Yeah.
0: Oh.
2: Greg, so, got to get into Antonio Gibson because uh, yeah, let's
0: go, let's boy. Go.
2: I was really impressed. I mean, this kid. Boy, you want to talk about just the natural power. I, I saw it. He's a big
0: I, dude. I mean, he's, he's close to 230 pounds with really good feet. I would, ex- you know, again, it's a function of the old line to some degree, but I would expect him to continue to improve. And I'm really curious. Well, you know, Scott Turner essentially runs the North Turner offense and the run game does matter. So they do want to run the ball and, and look, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, the guy, what can you say about the guy? Um, There should be like a special hall of fame for this guy, Um, (laughs) you know, but you also don't want him dropping back by choice 40 times.
2: Yeah. I want the Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick journeyman hall of fame. Yeah. I mean, you
0: know, he's the 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 guy who's going to play with every team in the league by the time he's done.
3: I mean, I had a, I had a coach who worked with him earlier in his career. He said, there's just sometimes when no matter what you tell Fitz, he does what he wants. And sometimes it's really good. And sometimes it's really bad.
2: Adam, JD McKissick kind of out of nowhere last year, although we did see it coming 110 targets, Gibson, only 44. We know Gibson was a college receiver. I'm thinking, I'm thinking 75 plus targets, at least for Gibson this year, or do they keep McKissick in that specialized role?
3: Um, I mean, look, Gibson had a decent amount of targets for, having to learn the running back position on the fly. I mean, I, I was talking to his college coach yesterday, and when they got into Memphis, they didn't know what he was because he, he was over 230. I mean, I don't want to we, – we interviewed him for Inside the Birds. He had a Ryan Silverfield, had a great line. He goes, we thought he was just an overweight slot receiver. We just didn't know what he was. And the, the story about him last season was just remarkable. And I remember talking to Washington – because they, did, they knew early on he was probably going to be the guy. They didn't want to give him a ton of volume in terms of, okay, you need to do this, 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 and this. But the training at Memphis, because the Silverfield said they give him, they give their receivers and their backs a lot of different roles, particularly at running back. They give you, you got to do this, 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 and this. But Turner did a smart thing. He said, you know what? You'll catch the ball here, but we didn't have an off season with you. Just learn how to run the football. And, and as you know, he – I mean, he averaged just under 5 yards per carry.
2: Man, look good. Yeah, yeah. Six, 75 targets probably a bit much. Maybe, maybe 65, 70 something. i understand,
3: understanding John just so you know, th- their plan was not to give him a lot of volume in the past game. I think they're going to give him a lot.
2: Well, that's my point. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, I'm and, not
3: saying, you know, 8 targets a game, but he was getting what? Um th- uh 3, just over 3,
0: I think he can yeah, get five Just per under
2: game. 2 maybe. Well, the um, big
0: question becomes do they expand his role in the pass game? I'm not saying just by targets, but by formation. And that's oh, thing, okay. That's yeah. something we don't know yet because yeah, we yeah. this kid was a slot receiver last year in college, so he can line up as a line of scrimmage receiver. So the question is, in certain situations, you know, is he in? Is he in the slot? You know, because they do have other backs. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly they still have Peyton Barber, who's a very serviceable number two type back. Um, you know, I don't know what Lamar Miller's situation is at this point in his career. There's been injuries. Um, I think they got the kid from Buffalo, Jared Patterson. Yeah. Yep. Really, that was a game. good
2: one. As uh, far as the undrafted free agent running yeah. backs, I could see him sticking there, Greg.
0: Yes, me too. I, I kind of liked his tape. He came in at five six though at his pro day, which is oh, which is a little short. Yeah. Wow. Wow. wow.
2: Gibson, I've got for forty two catches. 225 yards or 20, 25 rushing attempts um, RB 11 on the board here. Greg, uh, how was Ryan Fitzpatrick's tape last year? Cause you know, Adam has told us people he's talked to, they really liked his tape last year. It so did didn't I, I was seem gonna, to me. I was going to was-
0: say his tape. I thought his tape was very good last year. Yep. yep. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, he's, You can line up and play with Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's no question about that. Then you just have to, you know, obviously you try to control him to some degree because he seems to have a couple of those snaps every game, but you probably feel you can take care of
4: that with your play calling.
2: Graham, I know you have a question about Curtis Samuel here as we wrap up the football team.
4: Yeah, Adam, I just want to ask you if, if you've heard anything about how Turner is going to use him, because I know you know, uh, back when Turner was on the Panther staff in 19, they kind of used him as a deep threat, and right. he was completely miscast in that role, and last year, they finally used him, like, in the slot, like, 70% of the time, and I know, I think Greg mentioned Adam Humphreys is going to play a little bit there. Yeah, uh, so yeah, know, I just, just, a just curious. You, I, yeah. I,
3: I think you might see him line up, in fact, I know you will, you see him line up in the backfield at some point, because okay. he can do it. Um, slot, they'll use him out wide, I think he's going to be a jack of all trades, and Turner coached him in Carolina, so he knows the player, and Let's not forget, they're paying him $11.5 million a season, which is ridiculous. I, I talked to a team that was in it, and they said they saw him as a $5 million player. They didn't see what Washington did. And obviously Rivera and Turner know him very well. Um, to justify the contract, he's got to get touches. It's not, I, 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 I could. He's a very interesting, very unique uh, wide receiver. He I wish do someone it.
0: saw me as a $5 million a year player, you know? yeah greg
2: uh real quick uh jamon davis the linebacker one of my
0: favorite guys in the draft the rich get richer i'm so disappointed in myself john one of those guys that i just i i watched him early in the process okay and i loved his tape and toward the end of the draft when everybody you know was was talking about him and all that I almost said a couple of times on different shows, I said it would not surprise me at all. And I didn't say it. And I'm pissed at myself. I, I almost said that it would not surprise me if he's a top 20 pick in the draft. Wow. And and he was. And You because- know what I've
2: learned, Greg? And the every, tape tells time, you that. every time I don't go with my initial reaction, I'm wrong. So yeah. trust the gut.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, that's the way I felt about watching his tape. You know, because you guys know what I do. I don't, you know, I don't get caught up in, well, you know, he's rising on draft board. I mean, that's, that's all BS. Um, um, but I watched him, you know, pretty early on, probably when was the draft end of April? I probably watched Davis early March, okay? And I loved his tape. I, I just came away saying, this guy's a three down linebacker in the NFL. Now, I didn't know if that's going to happen week one, which I think they'll probably put him out there week one, but uh, that's what I thought of his tape.
2: Final thought here on the football team back to offense, Adam, how many targets does Terry McLaurin get from the, the pepper, um, Mr. Fitzmagic, who, who loves to pepper his top guy with targets.
3: Well, it all depends. It strictly becomes how much chemistry it's too early to know. Um, because he's Fitzpatrick is new to this team. I mean, he, he's only yet another team. McLaurin should be their number one pass target. It's not like anyone else would Curtis Samuel's not going to be a high target guy. He's not going to get eight a game. I don't see that. Um, I think he's – an. I think based on this this receiver core, I mean, it's deeper. I mean, if he's healthy, you know, he played with um, two different injuries and very good credit to him. Uh, he played with two different ankle sprains. One was a high ankle sprain. I could see him not 100 catches this season. I really do.
4: Well, The good the good news is for McLaurin is they obviously have way more pieces to take yeah. the, the pressure off from. I remember right. that Steelers game, they just bracketed him. I mean, that yeah. was like his worst game of the year against the Steelers. And he was also
3: just, playing – uh if I recall correctly, I was told he's playing with a high ankle sprain in that game, and he just
0: lost wow. it out.
2: Greg, do you know? Did you notice that when you think back, like McLaurin getting doubled a lot? I mean, they really, it really was the at only time in the town
0: at times, for sure. Yeah. Um, but they've got weapons now. Plus, McLaurin, surprisingly, he he lines up at X, and he can. He's a physical, competitive kid. I mean. That shows up on tape. I mean, he's not big, you know, he's not 210 or 215, and I don't think he's even over six feet, but he's he can line up at X. They, they've got a lot of weapons here. I'm really curious to see how this maps out.
2: You know, real quick, one final thought. I know I said that, but you know, number one, I'm, I'm I like the speed, they've added speed, you know, with Samuel and Brown. Um, but can, do we have any thoughts on the identity? this offense obviously they're probably going to be nice and balanced but
0: i'm almost thinking
2: it's pass oriented
0: no well that's a relative term no one very few teams truly run more than they throw but right scott turner and 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 i've talked with scott turner so and and i know adam speaks with them as well it's very much the north turner offense they want the run game to be foundational now I can't sit here and say that means they're going to run at fifty-two percent, you know. But they want it to be foundational. This is not going to be a drop back. Let's throw it around offense. And yeah, get the kind of back that can do that because he's big.
2: Right. Right. I, I do think they're going to sling it though uh, enough. But I don't,
0: but again, you have to define that, John.
2: Right. Um, certainly not a. A conservative you know kind of a boring offense i mean kind of maybe a lean toward i mean certainly running sure um, but maybe a lean toward you know throwing Don't forget, maybe- they got
0: a really good defense you could see them take the right. old school approach of let's throw early to get right. ahead
2: exactly
0: and because our defense then can can rush the quarterback and we can rush the quarterback and then they'll run it to close out games i think that would be their ideal plan. and here's and to add to that, the big issue is Fitzpatrick. If he if he fits tragic, John, yeah,
3: you you you're gonna have to you're going he's gonna make them throw from behind. This is the problem that you get with this guy, because he talking to guys who've coached him before, true. yeah, he's got a mind of his own sometimes. And this is why teams fall out of love with this guy.
0: And I'm not gonna sit here and yeah. say that he's you know obviously Fitzpatrick's the starter, okay? Yep. But the coaching staff kind of likes the Henneke kid. I'm not saying he's going to win the. Oh, job. Heneke, yeah. Right. Heneke, yeah, Scott. Yeah. Scott.
3: Um, I I saw Scott years ago, and he raved about him. And I, he throws it very oddly the way that his passing motion, but it works. You he saw what he did well, He played
0: very well in the playoff
3: game yep. against the Bucks. Yep, he did. Let's move Dude.
2: on over to the yeah. NFC North uh, yep. behind as usual here. And if you're not a subscriber to FantasyPoints.com, uh, welcome to the. Um, powwow here if you will the live stream we'll be doing one tomorrow on wednesday the 26th and then we'll do the afc next week early bird miss 21 is a promo code that you could use for 10 off your fantasy points subscription
0: thanks for tuning in to this edition of the fantasy points podcast